Well, welcome here to a bonus podcast. This is our first one in September. If you've been listening over the summer, we've had repeats um, of, of podcasts that we've had over the years. And it was actually funny for me to listen to some and hear the different recording qualities because we have had some where we were in basement rooms mm-hmm. and other places and different kinds of mics. And so, yeah, it's funny to see how things have changed over the years. I am Crystal Taves, and I am here in our podcast studio with Thalia. Good morning. Say hello. Yes, hello. You did. And with Greg. Hello. We're going to talk about some kickoff stuff. Um, as we enter this new year, we wanted to let people know about the different programs that are on, the community groups that we're starting up, all kinds of different things to get you excited for the year. And so that is our agenda for today. Before we launch into that, Crystal, you're going to have to give us your Hebrew word of the day. Oh. You did your, what, seven weeks of Hebrew? Yeah. And give us a little update because women are going to want to know how that went. Well, yeah, it was super hard. Everyone told me this is going to be a hard class. And I thought, ah, how hard can it be? <laughs> but yes, it was super hard. It was uh, eight we- eight months of material condensed into seven weeks. Oh so every gosh. week was like a month that you'd normally oh. have in a classroom. And so I would have a panic attack every Tuesday night kind of on cue because I would have tried to be a kind of assimilating six chapters worth of material oh. and knowing that another three chapters are coming the next day. And I have to write oh. an exam on them on Thursday. So I had like about 70 flashcards a week of words I had to learn on top of the grammar And rules not just flashcards, the, they were flashcards in Hebrew. Well, yeah. You, you put a picture of the words and I'm like, what is that? Yeah. It's gobbledygook. And I was, I was often commuting into town. And so I would be on the SkyTrain <laughs> holding these flashcards as I was trying to learn them. And oh. the, I thought, what are people thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually learning all this weird script. And it did, was... Were you good at grammar before though? No, horrible. Because this was my thing with... I, I did one year Greek at uh, Axe. And then I'm doing some other language stuff, but I realized how little I know about grammar. Yeah. Right. They're like, okay, use the, what's the conjunction? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I know, I know what that word means. Yeah. Like you're (laughs) a decent writer and I'm a decent writer and speaker because you grow up speaking it, but you don't know the terms for everything. What's an active participle and a passive participle and an infinitive infinitive construction. Oh, I was going to, I almost had, because Leslie Allison, one of our women leaders, she has her master's in linguistics and her husband has his PhD. So I was like, okay, I need to go sit at your kitchen table, yeah. but I don't actually have time to learn this. So I'm going to go by instinct and right. just hope I get it right. So mm. yeah, it was the most, every week I go into tests feeling kind of knowing I had worked hard, but still that I didn't know everything. Yeah. And so a lot of guessing and so. But well, you're done. I'm done. And now oh. I can take other classes. And now <laughs> you know Phew. Tohu Vabohu. Do you <laughs> no, guys talk about the Tohu blank. Vabohu? No. That's Genesis 1 of the formless oh, okay. and void. Okay. I didn't actually take Hebrew, but all the my friends who took Hebrew were saying, you're looking all Tohu Vabohu. <laughs> you're just all formless and void. It's really fun Bible college jokes. There you go. Yeah. Very funny. That's the favorite good. word that people liked was Almoni Palmoni. And it was like <laughs> there, like in the, book of, in the book of Ruth, when they talk, they don't talk about the person who was supposed to redeem Ruth, they talk about Boaz all the time. And so this guy is called Mr. So-and-so. But instead of saying Mr. So-and-so, they say this Hebrew word called Almoni Palmoni. And it's like us saying Joe Blow. It's mm-hmm. like a word that means like, we're not going to mention his name, but just that guy. And so that was that's funny. my favorite word people like. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. We could use that around the office. Just <laughs> that guy. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah. I'm glad to be done. I'm slowly getting my heart rate back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and getting some sleep and that kind of stuff. So, but we are starting off a new ministry year and that's exciting yeah. for us. Welcome back. Yeah. It's always fun to just start getting things going. Uh, we have a kickoff this Sunday and hopefully the weather holds. What mm-hmm. are you doing at the kickoff, Thalia? I am floating around. Okay. Greeting, smiling, you know. No assigned role. Wow. I can do what I want. The life of Thalia. I know. In the gorgeous orange shirt. Yep. You have to set up your five cent counseling booth. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> you should. That would be great. <laughs> Speed counseling. Totally. Five minutes, you're up. <laughs> you'd have yeah, people, five minutes, yeah. You'd, yeah, you people want to stay there the whole three totally. hours. That might not work. I'd get two people in the entire day. Yeah. Just get some muscle around you and they'll move people out of the way. <laughs> some bouncers. <laughs> a big gong. Kleenex to go. Yeah. Well, don't you find at the end of the day, like my cheeks mm. are so like paralyzed and sore because you've been smiling all day and talking to people totally. and it's a lot of fun, it's but tiring. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then the next week is the MCC sale. So it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, oh boy. the MCC I got to work on the cheeks. I'm going <laughs> to massage them. Yeah, I've avoided that the last few years. Oh, yeah. that In our house, that is, I tried to one year. Mm, that did but not Mark's go over not, well. Because Mark's been on the board and really well, yeah. invested in it. So. Yeah. And his whole family legacy, his parents came to Canada because of MCC. Like it is mm. part of their heritage. Mm-hmm. So for me to say I'm not going to the MCC sale with Mark, it's just not okay. Yeah. So yeah. I go there and I'm good sport and I enjoy it, but wow, the cheeks hurt. It's some good pierogies and some farmer <laughs> sausage. Yeah. yeah. See, I like my personal space too much. Well, yeah. You don't Where get you go any in there. there and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone is touching me. Uh-huh. And you know and, everybody in the oh, room. It's just the <laughs> yeah. worst. Yeah. It's an introvert's nightmare <laughs> yeah. to be constantly touched and constantly see people yeah. that you like kind, kind of, of recognize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. So, and yeah. if you remember their kids' names and where they're from and where they work. And, uh, oh, and it's a real challenge for me because I grew up in Vancouver. So our church friends from Mark's church and my church growing up are there, plus Northview, plus who knows where I've known them through the school system. As you older you get, the more people you get to know. And then it's like, oh, who are you? And you're, totally. I know you were special at one point, and I'm glad to see you, but right. <laughs> lots of hugs, too. Yeah. So what are you doing at kickoff, Greg? Uh I think that Paul Siemens and I are overseeing the teen bouncy stuff. Ah. Oh, like, like I don't think they're bouncy houses. I think they're like but some kind of competition, like kind of competition yeah. kind of thing. So that'll, that'll sort of like the big balls from the that white house. I think so. Yeah. Those kinds yeah. of games. And they, they had, had that spinner the, thing. The spinning yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think it's going to be a lot of me helping people with broken bones. <laughs> is what I'm expecting. A lot of. A lot of teenagers and adults who think they're more athletic than they actually are yes. getting hurt and yes. me trying not to be sarcastic to them. Yes. And Mission Campus is having the kickoff on the same day. Exactly. So I think One. Crystal and I are going to try to sneak out there for a bit and come yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because you can sneak in the orange shirts really are, easily. Are you, <laughs> you're not doing anything either then? You're just. Yeah. We have a photo booth, but I just have a lot of women helping out with it. So we're kind of mm. sharing the load. So you can float. I can float. Wow. Yep. Luckily, Thalia and I don't have to don the sumo suits. We had to do that two years well, ago and wrestle each other. I'm hearing there's like a trike contest. So I'm hoping that we're away in mission Maybe. when like there's this thing. I'm like, there's I'm, this pastor contest. That's no, the I, trike think, I think this year the pastor contest, yeah, has a paintball thing. Paintball. And I don't think you guys are in. No, we weren't okay. added to that Good. email. Relief stress is gone. Yeah, don't worry. Okay, so we're going to get into our co- topic for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to talk about just some things that will help you as you enter the year here at Northview. Now, if you attend another church, don't necessarily tune out because there might be some ideas that you could get from the things we're talking about that might be applicable in your church. Or you might want to email us and say, hey, we've tried this and that didn't work or this worked. Mm. And uh, maybe think about this as you start off. So we're talking generally um, 
about what's important in church. And especially we're going to talk a little bit about how important community is in church yeah. in this individualistic world where we all kind of feel like we can just have Jesus in our Bible and yeah. nature. How mm. important is it to actually be involved in the church? Yeah. So first of all, we just thought we'd kind of give some big picture kind of thinking about what some of our pastors have been looking at the last little while. We've realized as we've gone into pastors meetings and elders meetings and other things that even as pastors, we don't really know what's what we kind of classify as important at Northview. What are we asking people when they come to membership class? What are the what are we asking them to do to be members at Northview? What's mm-hmm. what's the big pieces? And so uh, we've kind of worked at clarifying that language. So what would you say? Uh, Greg and Thalia, the three pillars of Northview, what have we decided are the things that we want every person who attends Northview to participate in? Well, what was funny about that is probably it was last spring when our lead pastor and Steve, they asked us as a pastor group at a meeting, what are the three things for discipleship that we should really encourage people to be doing or involved in? We just gave them blank looks. We couldn't come up with anything. They're like, what? Well, what do you because mean you don't they know? had three specifically that they yeah. were talking about, but, but they hadn't communicated. So we we're like, to us. Uh, yeah. well, like attend church on the weekends. And they're like, yeah, that's one. What else? And so slowly as we talked, we were kind of laughing about it. And we realized that the three things that we really want to emphasize here at Northview are attend church on the weekends, be involved in a community group, like a smaller group during the week, and serve in some capacity. We think those are the best ways that we mm. can grow as disciples of Christ. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think in the the serving piece too. The, obviously, we we would love people to serve in the context of our church, and yet we recognize people are busy, and some people might actually do the most good for others by serving in a community role. So yeah. maybe they don't have the time to serve, and be heavily invested in their coaching role in the community, and also in a separate role. And so when we say serve, we don't always mean yeah here, although we do need people yes. serving in the context of our local church so that people can be served and can have yeah. um, their needs met and all kinds of things. But but don't hear us saying it always in addition to no. your involvement in the community. Because we need Christians involved in our community as totally. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's helpful language for us as we enter kind of new membership classes with people mm-hmm. to say this is, if you're entering our community, these are the kind of things that we think are important for you and for you to be involved in. And so it's been, yeah, I think it's been helpful as mm-hmm. those different classes have happened. Um, recently, our uh, graphics team at Northview has started really saying, okay, if this is our main pieces and we want those pictures representing each of those pieces mm-hmm. to be consistent mm-hmm. and to be always in the same place, so we're constantly giving that same message. So you'll start to see some of the infographics on those pre-service slides and in the bulletins and on all our different Bible studies and stuff, which we'll talk about later, all have the same kind of look with the same pictures saying this is a community piece. This is a service piece. This is a attend church piece. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to get that idea across because we know repetition is necessary for us to remember things like it's like TV ads and everything, right? You need things repeated over and over again. And it's simpler for us. Yeah. If you realize, oh, I attend church on the weekend and I'm involved in a small group most weeks and I serve somewhere, it's like, ah, I can do that. Like it's just easier to grasp. Yeah. And not feel like I'm not sure what else I should be doing. Yeah. That's basically what you should focus on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being involved in one of those, in all three of those Mm -hmm. is the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that sparked another discussion, which we're going to spend most of our time talking about. Is if that is the case, if we want people to attend church and if we want them to be involved in a community group and if we want them to serve, what actually is a community group? Yes. Because what some churches have done in this discussion, they have said they've gone to what they call a simple church model where they've said, okay, we are going to 
cancel everything at church on the midweek programs other than home-based community groups which are discussing the sermon or a specific curriculum. And so they basically canceled women's ministry, men's ministry, any kind of grief share, you know, counseling classes, TLC, those kind of things. Some churches have gone to like yeah. nothing other mm-hmm. than, and so we thought, is that what we want to do right. at Northview? Like when we went, went down and met Jen Wilkin two years ago, that's what has happened to her yeah. is she had a women's Bible study going at her church and her church said, oh, we want to go simple church model. And two weeks notice, she was left hanging and had to cancel or yeah. find a new location for her Bible study because yeah. the church had made this direction shift. Yeah. So as a staff, we wanted to say, okay, how actually are we defining these community groups? And so you guys were in more of the meetings than yeah. I was. So how did that come about? What were the three things that they decided on and how did that get to that spot? Well, the fun part about that is that Greg mentioned earlier when we were talking before this about how this is probably the most collaborative we've been for a long time. Mm -hmm. As a staff team. As a staff team. So we had people there from discipleship, Kyle and Greg. We had people there from the community department, Hank and Darcy. We had people there from the care department, Vic, myself and Paul. We had you at many of the meetings. Steve was there at the beginning, our executive pastor. And who am I missing? Anybody yeah, else? That's about it. Yep. So that's a huge group. And we had cross the, departmental yeah. group. Yeah. And we had a big whiteboard ready and we had papers like those sticky big sheets. And we just started brainstorming. What is community? What are the key things we think that makes up community? Hmm. And Greg came up with the three C's. Maybe you explain those I a little bit. You Maybe. did. I did. I? Yeah. Oh, there Take you go. The credit. I didn't know. Now I do. And now <laughs> I'm super proud. Uh, so the, the three core pieces that, uh, as a team, we kind of came to settle on where uh, if you're going to be involved in a, in a smaller community context, you need to have some solid content yeah. that you're working your, first your way through. The first C is content. So you can't just gather to be a social club. No. Um, you can hang out with friends and that's great. But to do intentional community, there needs to be some kind of content. And so we we decided that that content can find its place in either discussing a sermon that was mm-hmm. recently preached and we have a team of people who write sermon discussion yeah. questions so that they're relevant to what was actually preached so that you know that the the lesson you're receiving on a Monday afternoon or whenever you get your questions yeah. and you look over them for your group, you know that that was a, a questions written by the preacher yeah. and other people on staff who made sure that those questions are actually going to be helpful for you to mm-hmm. dig into the content. So the but mission it, questions will be different than the Abbotsford questions yeah, because it'll exactly. be different preachers. And, totally. Yeah. But but we also decide it's not just um, content that's discussing the sermon. That's great. But we also want people digging into the Bible themselves and uh, looking at what the scriptures have to say. And so part of that content in the community group could also be a, a more formal Bible study, working your way through a text. And so uh, the content could either be discussing or actually studying together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two other C's are um, connecting with other people. You can't be in an intentional community group and not actually build relationships yeah. with people. You have to get to know them. You have to get to know how they're weird, how they're, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, their, their sense of humor, their, yeah. their needs, their strengths, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then the third part is care, which goes along with the connection. Once mm-hmm. you know people and you hear what's going on in their life and you see their struggles, you, you bear one another's burdens. You, yeah. you help one another. You, you do, you pray for each you other. You pray for each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we we kind of as a team decided, look, if there is a group of people meeting where these three things are being done, where there's content that's being gone over, there, there's connecting that's happening, happening, and there's care or at least 
a, a natural outgrowth would mm-hmm. be caring yes. for one another. Um, that, that, that counts as a community group in our context. So that yeah. we put the big blue logoed of little people umbrella yeah. over anything that has those three pieces. Right. And so we had to work through, do women's Bible studies, men's Bible studies, and the precept groups for men and women, do they fit in a community group? Crystal, maybe you can talk, yeah, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit, how we came to that kind of understanding? Yeah, so the, the general mindset, like I said, even for some of these other churches that went simple church model, the general mindset was that a community group is a home-based group, and it's maybe uh, couples or singles, mixed. Um, there's just different criteria that people would think this is what makes up a community group. But when we look at it in context of those three Cs, content, care, and connection, we realize that, yeah, our women's Bible study at, we might have 120 people in the, the room, but we're sitting around tables of eight or 10. Yeah. And in those eight or 10, with those eight or 10 people, you make good connection yeah. and you also care for each other and yeah. pray for each other. And there's so much pastoral care that goes yeah. on at those tables that is amazing that, that us mm. as pastors don't have to step in. Like they're taking yeah. care of each other. And so we thought, yeah, that is a, that is a community group. And same with the precept group. The precept mm-hmm. group will be a little bit more heavy on the content and maybe a little bit less heavy in terms of, you know, as they spend two hours together, they'll yeah. have maybe less time on the, the care or the connection part. But they have become more and more towards a small group model and a large group model, which is enabling those relationships yeah. to grow. And they have people within their groups who provide a lot of the care pieces and will yeah. pray with people maybe before, after, yeah. that kind of thing. And so we thought, well, yeah, that is actually functioning in a community as a community group as well. So it's been weird for us to get our mind around. Like we yes. still find ourselves slipping into either the wrong lingo or just the wrong definition, even in our minds yes. of what a community group is. Because in the past, we've had so many different words for community group. Yeah. So since I've been at Northview, which is a long time, we've had care groups, life groups, home groups, pastorates. That's Small terrible. Groups. Pastorate, always people say, pastorate, isn't that a female pastor? <laughs> like that. No, no, no. no. Pastorette. <laughs> I know. That's great. So... And I'm still getting emails about care group, yeah. but, and yeah. I can understand because many of the churches, like if you listen and you're from a different church, you probably have a different name for your small groups, mm-hmm. but we are trying to move as a staff to say community groups, which is our term for the groups that are smaller, that meet midweek, mm-hmm. that have those three C's of content, connection, and care. Right. Yeah. And, and another example, we have a, a group of people who meet after the Saturday night service who mm-hmm. come from. Uh, a variety of backgrounds, and they they meet at the church mm-hmm. to discuss the sermon, and they connect with one another. And yep. so that, for a while, I was like, well, what do we what do what we call this group? ministry? Yeah. What, what, well, they're a community group that meets. Yeah. Likewise, on Saturday mornings, we have a bunch of guys who come together, and yeah. they sit at tables, and they talk about the sermon, and they apply it in men specific ways, and, and get breakfast. They eat breakfast together, yeah. and they pray for one another, <laughs> and they they serve in various ways together. So what do we call it? Well, that's a community group. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is not devalue ministries by saying it's just air quotes. It's just a community group. What yeah. we're saying is that really what, what the lifeblood of discipleship looks like is being involved in these kinds of community groups where content connection and care actually take place. And so more things are fitting under this banner of community group, not because we're trying to devalue them as ministries. No No one's trying to say to the men's precepts group that now you're less valuable because you are now considered a community group in in the minds of the leadership of the church. What we're saying is, no, you're a community group because you have content, connection, and care. Yeah. And they're smaller than the women's one. They're, they're just a few guys, but they, the way that they do their, their ministry, um, 
fits the model of what we consider a community group. And so I think it's an adaptable model that will do a few things. One of them, I might be jumping the gun, but but I think one of the things that this does is it it frees people from the guilt trip Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. everyone feels like they're the worst Christian in the church. Totally. Right. Everyone thinks that everyone else has their act together and I'm the worst. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are actually involved in things that would count as a community group, but they just might not have known it. Yeah. And so by us kind of formalizing this language and saying, look, if there's content, care and connection and it's seen by the leadership as a community group, then you're in a community group. Yeah. Don't don't, feel like you have to join something else. Right. You don't have to go to someone's house for a group and do precepts and do women's Bible studies and, 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 and to be a good Christian. No, it's good. Choose one. Yeah. If you want to do more than one, that's fine. Because your schedule allows it. Awesome. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you can't because you're busy and life is crazy, then that's great. You're involved in a community group because you go to precepts or you mm-hmm. are involved in men's Bible study or whatever. Yeah. And it might change year to year. <clears throat> Some people choose to be involved in a sermon discussion group with their spouse this year. Yeah. And then next year it doesn't quite work for schedule. So one goes to women's Bible study, next goes to men's Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to change year to year and not necessarily do the same thing for the next twenty five. Yeah. Or, and, if you're if you're new to the church, sometimes going to someone's house that you don't know yeah. is all kinds of intimidating. Yeah. And you think, you know what, I'd rather be obscure yeah. and anonymous for a long time and see what happens organically because I don't want to go to someone's house. Yeah. Whereas under this model to realize, oh no, I can be involved in a community group, but I can also go I can be at one at the church. Yeah. Where it's at like center court. Or West mm-hmm. Court, and it's a lower barrier because I don't yeah. have to go into this person's like meticulous house with like their their perfect family photos. Yes. Who, they're all strangers to me. Yeah, and I don't want to be here, but I'm I'm here because I feel guilty. So yeah. if, I think it's going to lower the barrier for people to actually experience meaningful yeah. community. Yeah. The one thing I really like too is for that on that same vein is we've decided to standardize our start times and our end times for all the different groups. And so that there's natural places for new people to join in where you're not going to be the only new person. Like every, everyone that's new is going to start at this time of the year. And so it'll lower some of those barriers. And then also, like you said, if all of a sudden you have a crazy baseball schedule in spring, well, so what? I've been involved in the fall and the winter, but I can't do spring. So it's a natural way for you to just take out for a semester or you're going on a holiday or you're going on a missions trip or something. Mm. It doesn't feel like you have to be constantly connected and that when you come back, you have to necessarily go to that same group. Like it's just every semester you can Mm reevaluate what's going to work best for my schedule, for my family, for this semester or this term. Mm -hmm. And when you say start and end times, you mean at times of the year, not times of the day. So it's like when you think of a school, a university calendar, basically, you have a fall term, you have a winter term, and you have Mm -hmm. a spring term. Yeah. And so we have natural breaks in between each of those terms where you have winter vacation for a couple weeks. Yeah. You have spring break for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then you have summer vacation. And so each of those Mm -hmm. times is a time when something naturally will end and then a new thing will start up after. Yeah. So you can switch even within the year. Yeah. And it also provides the, from my understanding, most of, all of the groups have a very specific on-ramp date. Yeah. Where yeah. They, they, they have the to allow date. new yeah. people here. There's some flexibility about when they end. Like some might not go a full 10 weeks. Right. Some might go a little bit less, but that's okay. The, the point of the specific on-ramps though is great because I think it also provides a natural opportunity for groups to either multiply yes. or die. Yeah. <laughs> Which are two, I think, necessary yeah. things to consider. Mm-hmm. But if there's no natural or, or no mandated start times, you can fall into a trap of thinking that we have to meet every week yeah. for the rest, the rest of our lives. Of our lives. <laughs> and I yeah. can't get rid of these people. And if I don't <laughs> go, 
I'm the guilt trip starts again. Totally. Right. And how, how can I abandon the group? And I thought we had all these relationships and I've heard <laughs> lots of stories from people who were in groups that for like two, three years were really great and vibrant and yeah. growing. And then it kind of plateaued because for whatever reason, X, Y, and Z reasons, they mm-hmm. plateau, but they just like, what do you do? Limped Who's along. the first person who says, yeah. hey, maybe we should die? Yeah. <laughs> no one, right? Everyone but if unfriends you, you on Facebook. You want to feel guilty as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. But with these with these mandated start times, what that does is it provides the leaders of the groups a, an opportunity to think to themselves, okay, where are we at? Do we need to multiply? Do we have room for more people to join us? Yeah. Do we need to just disband it and encourage people to do other things because yeah. I think all of those, or do we continue as is all of those are great options, Yeah. but without intentional start times, I don't think people feel the freedom to actually ask those questions. No. So when are, is the first mandated start date? Well, September, the week of September 18th. So that mon- Monday is the 18th. And so that's when our Monday night Bible study will start when precept will start. Um, and then that next Wednesday is when our Wednesday morning Bible study will start and your men's Bible study will start. Mm-hmm. And then the community groups that are the sermon based home groups will meet that same week. They'll start yep. that same week. So this is a new thing. This men's Bible study, women's Bible study. Yeah. You guys got to talk a little bit about what that's like this year. Yeah. So we've had uh, for the past couple of years, we've had women's Bible study going on a Monday night and a Wednesday morning, and then also in mission as well. And we started writing our own curriculum and just going through books of the Bible together. And so this year, Greg's coming on board with doing the same with the guys. So, yeah. So the part of the, this process of, you know, figuring out what are the big three things and what constitutes a community group and all that kind of stuff was us realizing that what we were doing through the TLC classes of a few terms a year doing three to four classes at a time of about seven, five to seven weeks at a time, yeah. uh, wasn't really meeting what we were wanting people to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if they were only doing TLC classes, they weren't getting the content connection care piece. And right. that's an evening that I would rather them spend in a community group that does have those three things. Yeah. So by us essentially eliminating the midweek TLCs, as we've been doing them, freed us as a discipleship department up to uh, take the bait put in front of us <laughs> of the of the value of a men's Bible study. And there's no reason for us to reinvent the wheel. What Crystal and your team have been doing for years is fantastic. Um, and there's good reason why people ask you to help guide them and coach them in how to do it is because what you guys do is amazing. So we're like, okay, we'll seal that. Uh, <laughs> and, and part of the reason why we want to do the same curriculum is we want husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and brothers and sisters to be able to walk through the same material together and be able to study it and talk about it midweek before the class, Mm -hmm. after the class, uh, after the group, whatever we want to call it. Uh, And so we're, we're going to do that for men. Um, This is not in replacement of the men's breakfast that happens Saturday mornings. That's going to continue as a sermon based discussion community group. Uh, But we're adding in addition to that a Wednesday night's, men's Bible study. This year, it's just at the Outsford campus. Um, but in years moving forward, the, the goal is to get it to be uh, at both campuses. But because it's new, we just want to start at one location. Yeah. Plus mission was kind of a th- two thirds of the way through another curriculum with our men. I think yep, they exactly. they'd finish that yep. off. We wanted them to finish their men's 33 stuff. And yeah. so, so yeah, what we have for that is uh, at least for the first uh, year or so, we're going to have really active uh, participation and leadership from our teaching staff. So um, there's going to the format of the night is going to be essentially the same as what the women do. We'll have a time where we review the homework, where we discuss 
uh, what we did over in, in our homework, discuss the text that we're looking at a little bit more. Then we'll have a large group teaching time. Uh, after that teaching time, we'll spend more time kind of applying this to our lives and praying for one another, that kind of stuff. So we do a look at the text, we figure out what we can know from the text, mm-hmm. and then we figure out how to live in light of the text. So who's going to teach? So the, the large group teaching will take place this this year for sure with um, our, our some of our teaching staff. So uh, people like Jeff and Kyle and Paul and myself will be the ones teaching large group time. My goal long term, I think, would be to open that up to include other people who have a gift of teaching, but who don't have a platform at this point to, or, or an so avenue to do that. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not in any rush for that because yeah. we want to make sure that the people who do the large group teaching are, are gifted in it yeah. and feel confident to do it. And that there's no drop in terms of the, the quality of instruction. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a, in nope. an arrogant way, but uh, we want to make sure that we take the long view of this. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want nothing more than to see it be almost entirely lay, led by really gifted men who can teach really well. That would be amazing. But I think we have to take the long view of how do we get there Just in a sustainable a way. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's what you guys have done. With, yeah. Like you have a lot more lay yeah. teaching happening now. And so our goal is to just basically follow your guys' lead. But also the benefit to the men coming Wednesday nights is they get to know some of the teaching pastors a little bit more, totally. which there is a hunger in a big church. Yep. So we would hope that you would stay here and there just like Crystal doesn't teach every week, but she's there quite a bit so that people can get to know her. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the men's Bible study would ever become a, a, a community group dynamic where the there would be a, a lack of teaching pastors present. I just think it would be who's who's doing That's the large good. teaching it doesn't always have to be no. Jeff or myself. It can be other voices, but but one of us will be there mm-hmm. supporting and and part of the that would be us providing the the feedback of how the teachers are doing, right? Yep. Like part yeah. of what we do as staff is we yep. want to equip each other and we want to challenge each other and do we do teaching reviews and so we would need to be present to yeah. actually provide constructive yeah. feedback too. So and our listeners may not realize that, Greg, you have also collaborated with Crystal and her team to work on this material. Yeah, so it's identical curriculum for everybody um, going through the Bible studies. And uh, and yeah, I got to write a few of the lessons and, and Crystal's team, they, they did the bulk of the work. You guys did a great job with it. And so it's, it's going to be really great material to work mm-hmm. your way through. So if you're a guy that's listening or you're a woman who has a guy in your life, you should tell him to come. We have yeah. some really great table mm-hmm. leaders set up. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're, we're excited. We, at this point, we have about 40, 40 guys registered Nice uh, to do it outside of the table leaders that have agreed to do it. So hopefully at least we'll have 50 guys in the room in yeah. West Court for day one. Uh, but it would be West Court can hold more people than that. Mm-hmm. And if it keeps growing, we, there's other rooms too. Yeah. So. So just in case you're not familiar with the table leader language, what we generally have is like we sit people at tables of eight or 10 people and you can stay with that group the whole semester. That's the idea so that you get to know a group of people. But if you realize three weeks in that a really good friends over there that wants you to sit with them, yeah. it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to build each of those tables becomes its own kind of community group within the mm-hmm. larger community group. And I like what I said, I see amazing pastoral care. Yeah. We had in just at our Monday night study a while ago, you know, a woman's husband passed away suddenly on the weekend and her first point of call was her, her table leader. And yeah. I thought that's exactly what the church is supposed to be for each other. Like that we have those places, we know who we can call, who our people are and yeah. their community group, their table community group got together, brought food, brought mm-hmm. groceries, like just came alongside her. And it was just such a beautiful picture of being in community in the church. Yeah. 
We regularly have community groups that will band together to help one person in their group. Sometimes they do it known and sometimes they do it anonymously. So they'll leave packages at the front desk for the person who's hurting to pick up. It mm. might be gift cards. Yeah. One group recently purchased a car for a person in their group mm. because who is hurting. Like it's just amazing stories we hear coming out mm. of community groups. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for any of us who've gone through tragedy in our lives like or just difficult times I know there's been times in my life like I don't know how I would go through this without my church mm-hmm. around me mm-hmm. and so it's an amazing opportunity for us to just encourage one another to keep yeah. going yeah yeah and I think the one, one other piece that people might be interested in hearing is that because we have broadened the definition of who community group leaders are um, of what community groups are we've we're also designing training three times a year for the community group leaders where uh, that collaborative team that was talked about earlier Mm -hmm. with the care department, discipleship, community department, we come together and we plan um, what the training is going to look like. And those trainings take place the Saturday immediately preceding the launch date of the next term. So the first one for community group leaders happening in this model is September 16th. And you'll be trained in content care and connection. So yep. there'll be a certain topic that each each uh, department is responsible for providing training in. And the goal is to help leaders feel like, you know what, I actually can do another 10 weeks mm-hmm. of leading this group mm-hmm. and I can move us towards multiplying or I can find out how to help this group end yeah. well, or I can find out how to continue going in a, in a more sustainable way or whatever. So, yes. so we're hoping the intentional training that precedes the launch of it will create a rhythm for leaders that is exciting and life-giving and not feeling like, oh man, I'm all on my own and I don't know what to do or who to talk to. So, yeah. And at those breakfasts, uh, all the sermon-based community group leaders will be sitting together. The men's ministry will be sitting together. The women's ministry will be sitting like at their own tables mm-hmm. and they'll have con- uh, specific leaders at each table that they will then be regularly connecting with. So mm-hmm. for the sermon-based groups, there's going to be elders at each table, and yep. each elder will be responsible for like f- three or four groups or mm-hmm. however it works out, like six or eight people, right? Mm-hmm. That, and that elder is a regular contact person throughout the year if they have problems or questions. Right. Yeah. And for women's ministry, it'll be the same. We'll have regular Monday night teachers kind of leading a group of Monday night table leaders and, yeah. and that kind of thing, and for precept as well. Mm-hmm. So we hope, yeah, it'll make, no one should do ministry alone. And I hope, yeah. we hope this will make it feel even more collaborative that the whole church is behind you as you minister and lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Team. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Yeah. So I think that's it for now. We are kind of at our 30 minute mark. And so why don't we pray for the year coming up mm-hmm. and uh, for all these groups starting up and for, for all kickoff and that kind of thing. So Thalia, do you want to pray for us? Sure. <laughs> Lord, we are so thankful that you have designed the church, that you've designed us to be in community as you are in community yourself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, would you help us this year in our church and the churches of the people who are listening to grow in community. I pray that we would have really solid biblical content, that we would honor your word. I pray that we would grow in our relationship connection with each other, that we'd be willing to welcome those that are a little bit harder to get to know, and that we'd be willing to meet new people. And Lord, would you grow us in our care for each other, that we would willingly pray regularly for people with them on email, text, or in person. Lord, that we would care for each other practically, whatever that looks like. Lord, we need your help. We just can't do this on our own, and nor should we. And so we ask that you would go with us this year in our church and many churches represented by the listeners. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that we can leave it in your hands. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.